Welcome to the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. I'm your host, Axel Ragnarsson, and on this show, I dissect how seasoned multifamily investors started, built, and scaled their businesses. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another quick solo episode here on the Multifamily Wealth Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking about why buying multifamily real estate on actual numbers, actual income expenses is actually total BS and why nobody really does this that's built a large multifamily business. And a common term you'll hear real estate investors say as it relates to buying deals and underwriting deals is, I want to buy on actuals. I buy on actuals, which is abbreviated version of saying, I'm buying this piece of real estate based on its current numbers. And while that is great in theory, it's just not something that really happens. And I think it confuses a lot of newer investors as it relates to how they approach buying real estate early in their career, early in their portfolio growth, et cetera. And I want to share a couple of mathematical examples behind this case. But the first thing that I want to share is as it relates to why this isn't anything that really happens is to take this all the way out to the extreme, right? Let's say you're looking at a 20-unit multifamily property. You know, Again, unit count doesn't really matter in this hypothetical example, but let's say you're looking at a 20-unit multifamily property. It's you know built in the last 10 years. It's in great physical condition. It's in a good area, but the building is totally vacant. I don't know why it's vacant. Maybe the seller just wanted to convert it to condos. Who knows, right? And they, they emptied out the whole building. So there's no income. The income is zero. And the property still has expenses, right? There's still the property taxes, the insurance, et cetera. If an investor was looking at this and trying to buy it on actuals, or if that was something that they really stuck to as part of their underwriting criteria and how they actually made offers, this building would be worth $0, right? There's no income. How, how can how can it be worth anything? If you're buying it on actuals, there's no income. And in fact, there's negative income. It's actually losing money. So therefore, the property should be worth less than zero, right? Of course not. That's ridiculous. That's not how it works at all. So in this situation, the investor would then say, all right, What's it going to be worth after there's tenants in there paying market rent and after the building is stabilized? And then they back into what they can pay and they compensate themselves for the work required to get the building to that point, whether it's renovations or just sweat equity, investing time and actually leasing the building up. So while that's an extreme example, it's indicative of the fact that buying on actuals actually makes no sense. Now, if we're going to use a realistic example of how this actually works in the marketplace, we can look at a value-add multifamily deal. So let's say, for example, there's a property that has $50,000 in NOI and you know, unit count, again, doesn't matter, right? This is a small multifamily property. It's got $50,000 in NOI, but the rents are low, the expenses are high, and this NOI is less than what the property could produce if it was being operated at a higher level, if the rents were at market, et cetera. But as it sits, the property has, you know, it's it's spitting off $50,000 in net operating income. And let's say that this property is located in a seven cap market, right? This market trades at a seven cap rate, meaning we're going to take this NOI, we're going to divide it by 0.07, and that's going to be the value of the property in its current market condition or in the current market conditions. So if we do $50,000 divided by 7% cap rate, we're left with right around $715,000 as the current value of this property. So some investors might say, that's what I'm willing to pay. I buy on actuals. I buy on the actual numbers. That's what I'm willing to pay. Okay. Does that mean you're going to get this deal? Does that mean you'll ever be competitive bidding on a deal like this? 
Maybe, maybe not. Let's let's take this a step further. Let's say this market is, you know, again, or uh, excuse me, this property is in a seven cap rate market, but you think that you can get the property's NOI to a hundred thousand dollars. You know, you got to spend some money on unit renovations. Maybe you got to spend one hundred and fifty thousand dollars on unit renos, but you know that you can get this property to a hundred thousand dollars in NOI, right? You can double the NOI. Maybe the expenses are really high. Maybe these rents are really, really low. Maybe the rents are like 900 bucks. You know, if you spend some money in the units, you can get up to 1800, right? Property is totally mismanaged and you think you can increase the value of the property. You can increase that NOI. Okay. So you think you can get it to $100,000 in NOI. Now, what would the property be worth in a seven cap market if you could get it to $100,000 in NOI? Well, you take $100,000, you divide it by 0.07 and you're right around 1.425, 1.43 million. That's, you know, that's a massive difference, right? That's double what it was worth before. Now, in the marketplace, is the property in its current state only worth $715,000? Some investors, some new investors that have been brainwashed into thinking that you have to buy on actuals would say, yeah, that's what it's worth. That's what it's producing. But in reality, the marketplace is not going to value it like that. And while we're always trained in multifamily real estate, commercial real estate to think of the value, the property value as a function of its current income multiplied by the cap rate or divided by the cap rate, I should say. That's just not how it really works. It's just not how it works. Everyone that's buying real estate is buying a future stream of cash flow. And if there's work required to increase that future stream of cash flow, that then falls into the underwriting and then that helps to dictate what they can pay for the property. So if this were a property that were listed by a broker, I can guarantee you this broker would not be listing this property at $715,000. It just wouldn't happen. It's just not something that would ever happen. And frankly, it would never sell for this price because the investors in this market would know, hey, I can invest $150,000 into this property. I can bring the NOI to $100,000. And then it's worth 1.4 and change, 1.43. So how do we actually price this? Well, we work backwards from what it's going to be worth when we're done to what we want to earn on our money. And let's say hypothetically here, I don't know, we want to make a couple hundred grand where we're, you know, we we figure out that our underwriting allows us to pay a million dollars. So we pay a million dollars and we put $150,000 into it. We're into it for 1.15, maybe 1.2 with closing costs, whatever that figure is. Then it's worth 1.4 and change. Some investors, that's a that's a return that they can live with. Some that might not be enough. Maybe you got to pay 900 grand, right? Who who knows? But the number is somewhere in the middle, and that is where you get into the whole game of you have to figure out what you want to make. You have to identify opportunities where you can create a lot of value, but you're still going to, probably going to have to pay more than the property's worth on its actuals to get there. You get into the cost of capital world of some investors are okay earning less money or their investors are okay making less money and therefore they can pay a little bit closer to that stabilized value and take on a little bit more risk. But the fundamental objective of what I'm trying to communicate here is that nobody buys on actuals and it's a totally... It's a totally garbage concept that I constantly see discussed on, you know, whether it's Twitter, Instagram, podcast, what have you. And it's something that experienced investors oftentimes say, but in reality, it's just not how the market works. So let's again recap this example. You got this property that's producing 50K in NOI in a seven cap market, which is where this market is in our hypothetical example. It's worth 715. But there's a clear roadmap to bringing that NOI to $100,000 by investing some money into renovations and improving the management quality. So therefore, when you're done, it's going to be worth 1.4 and change. The market's probably going to pay around a million dollars right, for this asset, somewhere in that range. 
And at a million dollars, at 50K in NOI, these people are paying a five cap on its current income and its, its current NOI, current income and expense profile. That is below the market cap rate. They're paying above the actuals, right? But they know that it's worth that because there's a clear roadmap to making it worth 1.4 and change and to increasing that NOI and therefore stabilizing to a higher cap rate. So if you're a new investor, this, this is an episode that's really meant for new investors. And if you are a new investor, you, you can't just look at the current NOI and think that's what I'm willing to you know apply a cap rate. That's what I'm willing to pay. That's what it's worth. Because that's not how the you can make those offers and you'll probably get some killer deals on you know value-add multifamily real estate if your offers get accepted. But newsflash, they probably will never get accepted because unless you're absolutely buying monstrous deals and you're you're finding the most you know distressed seller. You need to buy as a function of where the property is going to be worth in the future because that's what the rest of the market's doing. So I hope this was a helpful reframe for some new investors and for experienced investors. I hope this was a nice fundamental solidification of your understanding of value add multifamily real estate, something that I've been thinking about a lot recently as a lot of folks are like, you got to buy an actuals, you got to buy an actuals. And again, it's not necessarily the case. So if you enjoyed this episode, please leave the podcast a rating and a review. Helps the show get noticed by more folks. And if you think there's someone in your network or in your sphere that would enjoy this episode, please consider sharing it with them as well, as that really helps the show get in front of more individuals. So thanks as always for listening, and I'll catch you guys next week. 